Welcome to the Asians Redefining Their Success podcast, where Asian professionals share their stories of breaking boundaries and switching into more creative and unconventional careers. I am your host, Yangshi Zhou. Hope you had an amazing week last week. It was Thanksgiving in the U.S. and we had a lot of turkey and duck because Chinese Thanksgiving. So let me know if this resonates by sending me a DM drumroll on Instagram. So I'm really excited to announce this that due to requests I've been getting that the podcast now has an Instagram. Make sure to follow at the arts podcast t-h-e-a-r-t-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-d for more personal interactions with me behind the scenes and extra goodies and freebies that you won't get anywhere else and as a side note i actually haven't used instagram in years so this has been a really big learning curve for me um just yesterday i accidentally uploaded stories without audio (laughs) so as a personal challenge to myself i will be posting on instagram daily for 30 days as part of my december project so if you're looking for inspiration for starting a side project of your own you can also follow along on my insta journey as well now onto this episode i had so much fun talking to nelson Nelson is both a finance and fitness coach. Before he made the transition to coaching, he worked in tech for 10 years and got his MBA. During this time, he found working out as an outlet and hobby, and then started teaching group fitness classes as a side hustle. Then he quit his job to pursue teaching full-time. Now he helps other personal trainers find financial freedom in an industry that doesn't pay them usually well, and recently wrote a book to help personal trainers design a financially stable careers for themselves. So beautiful and just full circle, and I really can't wait to talk all about money and share his personal journey with you. Hey, Nelson, welcome to the show. Hi. I know we've interacted on LinkedIn for a bit, so it's really awesome to see you and talk to you right now. Great. I'm super excited to, to speak with you as well. We finally get a chance to meet and I, I have lots to share with their audience and I hope they, they feel inspired, empowered, motivated. Um, I'd love to share. Mm, definitely. So I'm really, really excited to talk about your leap from tech to fitness and you are actually yeah. the first person who I've met or like know of has done this. So I'm super curious about how okay. you were able to do it. So first, can you tell us a bit about yourself, your past career in tech, and what you're up to now? Yep. Um, so I'll answer in, for any audience member, you have probably been asked the question, tell me about yourself. So I'm going to say a very stereotypical answer. Well, here's my education. I graduated from the University of San Francisco in 2003 with a media studies degree and a general business minor. Um, I entered in San Francisco Chronicle and I was really interested in the newspaper industry that was still, at the time, was still pretty popular. Mm. Um, it segued into a different publication, but around that time, um, search engine marketing, search engine optimization was becoming more popular. So I started segueing into that realm of online marketing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to age myself. Um, back in the day, it was still MySpace. There was no such thing as Twitter. Uh, YouTube and Facebook was, were still in its infancy, but I was still in the, I was at the cusp. I've always had a general interest in a business, so I pursued my MBA over at California State University, East Bay, 
graduated there from 2007. So being in the Bay Area, it is not uncommon to, I wouldn't even say go for the tech jobs. I would say a lot of people just fell into the tech industry. Mm-hmm. So um, I enjoyed it. I When I look back upon it, there was some motivation to get into search engine optimization. But for me to have propelled myself through that career, it was more opportunity just landing into my lap when you're in the tech industry, things just happen. Um, so I spent uh, most of my career about 10, I believe the number is 10 years, uh, building websites, marketing for clients and working within the agency capacity. In the back end, my side hustle was, uh, I was taking classes at 24-Hour Fitness uh, and, and loved it. I mean, I was just like an average gym member and going to the classes until the instructor herself came up to me and said, you're really talented. Why don't you consider doing this as a side hustle and actually getting certified? So I was like, yeah, I mean, I can afford it. I only have to teach one class. I fell in love with it. It was a such a far departure from being behind the desk and if any of your listeners are in work in tech you know how long the hours really are it is not nine to five you mm-hmm. are on calls either first thing in the morning or you're on calls late at night with china and india or if you work with clients in europe you're up really early so teaching fitness classes and eventually training people individually was such a hard departure of what i was used to the fulfillment was amazingly different i was energetic i was moving around a whole lot and when I started comparing who I was in between the two worlds, one was honestly, I was making a contribution to helping people be fit and well and happy. And the other one was, yeah, I was making people happy, but I was definitely stagnant. Around 2011, actually, let's say like around 2010, 2011, I started getting that itch. Um, closer when I was about like 30 years old. I'm 38, by the way, so it's been a while. Mm-hmm. I started getting that, 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 that feeling that, hey, is this, is this all that life is? offering me <laughs> i'm oh, gonna be i hear so yeah, often oh my gosh it was I'm, i and it wasn't that i hated my job i actually was really good at it i was earning a lot of money but i can i do this for another 30 years this what i'm doing while i know what in my mind meant mentally i'm already at the gym i'm with people i'm uh con- contributing so after about three years of doing soul searching and confiding this this um whatever's happening in me in my mind with a couple of friends and people who I trust hands down all of them said you know you're very smart you're very talented you will land on your two feet it's about time you took the leap of faith mm-hmm. and also you're you're young you're only in your 30s uh, and you can build rebuild an entire career so it was around that time 2012 I made the official switch found an opportunity where one of the gyms at the time that I was working at had a full-time management position with a business uh, position so I went for it decided to pursue full-time in all its capacity at that moment and use search engine marketing, search engine marketing, search engine optimization as a part-time gig. So I flipped, flipped my mm-hmm. capacities. Ever since then, I didn't look back. I run my own business and I, I still advise in terms of marketing, but more into the entrepreneurship aspect, the part-time gig, but my full-time, I am a trainer, I'm an author, I teach group fitness classes, I manage several uh, gyms and the, the money is still there. Surprisingly, I earn them the same amount, all just different forms of income, but the personal fulfillment a billion times more once I figured out my true passion and took the honest leap of faith. Wow, that's really amazing. Was that a lot? Okay. <laughs> yes, and I'm just sitting here like bursting too <laughs> because yeah. I know the audience. So there's a couple of things, right? Yeah. Um, I know that the audience is definitely thinking about okay, so those years that you were soul searching, what did you do? Or some of the things that you Oh, heard? yeah. Okay. So I didn't plan out a perfect time. It was, I got this inkling and I want to say the impetus was I hated client. 
probably it was probably that or I hated my coworker <laughs> or I hated something in the in the work environment mm -hmm. I was like you know what I really can't stand my life right now mm. but it, I, I was so like many people I, I was lost I didn't know if like this really was it maybe I should go find another job I was actually still looking for other jobs mm -hmm. so I would send out my resume once in a while be on LinkedIn and say well took the mindset of this is what I'm qualified to do it isn't necessarily what I want to do but this is what I'm qualified to do. This is what my I'm trained to write on my resume. So I'm going to go for this job because all the HR people told me and all the recruiters told me this is how you're supposed to do it. So I was going for these jobs. I got really, 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 really close to getting hired at different places. Something in the universe happened where I remember I was going for this one agency. And they were about to give me an offer letter until the person who was offered going to give me that letter she had to hold off onto it because the company was reorganizing. Mm. So they put my application on hold for about three weeks. She contacted me three weeks later. And at that time, I figured, like, you guys don't want me. I, I'm, I guess I'm fine here. She asked me if I'm still interested. And I said, no, I'm not. I mean, it's, you guys left me on hold for three weeks. Looking back upon it, it was, it must have been one of those signs that the universe was telling me this is not where I'm supposed to be. You were not supposed to go to that agency to begin with. So I stayed at my current agency, kind of sucking it up <laughs> and as yeah. much as I hated it. But behind the scenes, I was really strategizing what certifications do I need in order to make that leap. If I were to entertain the idea that I was going to pursue fitness, what are the steps and what is the, the, the safest strategies that I should take if I were just to consider what life would be like? Um, so I started brainstorming all that again. It took me several years and a lot of coaching calls. And lo and behold, the more that I set my mindset is, my life is headed in that direction anyway, the opportunity suddenly came to fruition. And I took it. I was already ready. Wow. Um, that's yeah. amazing. I got goosebumps hearing you say that because I think oftentimes we either wait for the perfect timing or we get so overwhelmed with not knowing like what exactly to make that job happen and like questioning if it's something that yeah. we want to do that we're just stuck in this constant loop. And it's really awesome hearing that, you know, you were brainstorming ideas about, okay, what do I need if I were to yeah. You pursue this fitness and do research, do a lot of research so mm -hmm. you know exactly what you need to do. So how did you Absolutely. break out of that like endless thought loop that I'm sure you've also mm -hmm. experienced and actually Absolutely. started taking action? Um, I read The Secret a long, 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 long time ago, I think, uh, uh, well before um, this exploration into self started happening. But I always kept revisiting it. I kept it on my desk. And I just kept revisiting that if I'm unhappy with my life, I could always choose a different way of being. I could always choose a different path. It's scary, but there are a lot of things in the universe that I cannot explain. No one can explain as long. And things don't make sense until you actually commit to it and actually make a clearing for it. So I was like, well, I manifested this and I manifested that. Playing around with what if I manifested a new career? I think it took a lot of practice to compare if I were to ever to look at an issue with such intensity and such seriousness that I would usually do in the tech industry, what life would be like if I were to simply explore what a fitness career would look like and actually physically and mentally um, actively take out the significance I'm not actually pursuing it. I'm not actually mm -hmm. applying. I'm not actually doing it. I'm just playing with it. I'm exploring. So when I started just casually looking at things and then over time, it just became a habit that I was like, you know what, this is really interesting. Kettlebell training, awesome. I can actually be a social media, there's a career called social media influencer. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting. So one thing that piqued my curiosity would lead to another thing, will lead to another thing, but it was this whole area of exploration without any type of significance and commitment. I wasn't applying for a job. I was researching and I was reading. Now, I was pretty stressed when I was applying for a job. And at then it was like monster, monster.com and sending out my resume and 
cross my fingers, hopefully the person who's reading my application likes me for what I said, but doesn't, it doesn't really matter if they like me for me, I just need the job. Yeah. That was so much pressure. And emotionally, I knew that just, I couldn't do it anymore. But when I started looking at what actually gets me up in the morning, I would be thinking about working out all the time wow. and it made me genuinely happy. So it only made sense if I paid attention to the things that made me happy, hey, what if I actually put this into fruition and actually wrote things down? Like, this makes me happy. Weightlifting makes me happy. Yoga makes me happy. Uh, it only makes sense to go for it. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> yeah, and I think having that playful lens is really helpful, right? Because when we're really serious yeah. about something, we are so attached to the outcome and like thinking about, oh, mm-hmm. what if this doesn't work? And so it prevents you from taking that initial first step. Absolutely. Oh, if we're going to be talking about fear, uh, audience members, listeners, I was scared. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's, talk let, let's talk about that. There is fear, and you'll always be nervous. There will always be anxiety. There will always be um, conversations in your head and, and, and haters, to be honest, and mm-hmm. worriers, to be honest. There really, really is. You have to hold on to what generally makes you happy as an individual because that's all you've got. You only have you. You only have your heart. You only have your mind. And if you have that grit in you and you're actually listening, train yourself to listen to yourself you can stand on your own two feet amidst all the chaos i was scared leaving the tech and living in silicon valley and physically leaving a tech company to pursue something totally different is like the kiss of death to be honest like it's it's unheard of and i remember interviewing for the fitness manager position the one that i got and the interviewer leaned in and she's actually a personal friend i, I work with her in different capacities she leaned in she said, you know that you're going to be earning significantly less here, right? And I said, yeah, uh, I'll figure it out. <laughs> There's I can make money somewhere teaching. So a lot of people get burnt out because, you know, they have to supplement with teaching classes or training people. I'm like, I know that. I'm going to do it. <laughs> so the, the person who has the common sense that of a mindset that is so ingrained into corporate world and this is what you're supposed to do, this is what life looks like, would never advise me to have gone for that position. But the person who is emotionally intelligent and who actually has that healthy self-esteem and that confidence, but most importantly, that faith that you're going to be fine, life will move on and you will be taken care of, you would, you would take that risk. It's not necessarily a risk where you don't have a safety net. It's a risk because you're pursuing something that you hopefully will like, but you know in your heart you do love and this is your passion. All the while, I was scared. I was fearful. It is change. Change is always scary. But I know this is what I want. I know that if I like it and I'm passionate about it, things will fall into place. Mm-hmm. I'm still scared once in a while now. <laughs> so <laughs> let's not get that twisted. It's, there, there's, the haters don't go away. Those negative conversations don't go away. Just over time with maturity and practice, you get better at acknowledging them and still pursuing your passion no matter what. Mm, yeah, because growth will always be uncomfortable because you're up-leveling. And so you don't know what you're mm-hmm. doing because you're entering yeah. a new state and you're learning things. And oh, yeah. I've, I was actually thinking about passion the other day, and I was thinking about how we have this belief that, you know, once we pa- find passion, everything's going to be like happy and rainbows and unicorns. And actually, like, mm-hmm. passion is like ex- excitement infused with fear. Like, mm-hmm. when you're feeling that fear, that's when you know something is so, so important to you. And that's such a yeah. sure sign to passion. But I think we often don't recognize that. Amen. Because, <laughs> amen. <laughs> it's the, the growth personal growth is, it it can be scary, but it's, and it could be hard and it could be painful and it could be all of these things, but you know, you know, you got to do it. 
<laughs> you just got to do it. There's and, and the more that you try it on, and that ends up being comfortable. And once you finally realize that, and I know for me, growing as a manager, growing as an entrepreneur, growing as uh, in my own education, every step of the way was challenging, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Even right now, trying to put myself out there with a book, that was scary. Mm-hmm. I have my own voice. Hearing my own voice is kind of scary. And like, whoa, I actually have you know something to say in this world. I actually have a contribution in this world. But again, if, if, if the more that you practice having faith in your own self, confidence in your own self, you're unwavering. So you let that passion drive because it, it, it will knock off a lot of obstacles. They will not be obstacles. You're just getting really, really, really strong. Definitely. And with action comes clarity and confidence and that building up the passion. So one more question for you in the realm of tech. Um, There's this term called the golden handcuffs, right? Where people Mm. are like making so much, it's hard to leave those tech companies. And so how are you able to do that, especially since you worked there for 10 years, right? So you obviously Mm -hmm. had a lot of career capital and on paper, it may seem like you just threw it all away for fitness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I was earning, you know, I was the typical story, earning six digits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went down to five, but now I'm back to six. That was part of my education. And it, I had to put myself in a situation where I don't have that safety net of a job. How am I going to make it? Like it was, it, other people have stories of survival that are more um, severe than mine, but I was in that survival mindset. It was like, how do I get myself back up again? Plus, I had a par- I have a partner at that time who was nagging me, like, really, no, really, how are we going to pay our bills? <laughs> so there really was that pressure. So I dove right into what I knew best was getting myself smart. And I started researching from the very beginning all these different forms of um, income, understanding the uh, passive income, portfolio income, ordinary earned income looking into real estate, looking into investments, looking at calculating how many personal training clients do I have to train versus classes. Classes, generally speaking, you get to earn more by teaching uh, multiple people, but you also get to train back to back and you don't have to follow up with that personal training client. So there's pros and cons. Then there's going to be one management position versus another management position in a totally different gym. So again, you, you, you can't see all the different forms of income and all the different opportunities if you don't actually take the leap and un, actually release yourself from those handcuffs because your, your vision is so myopic that your whole dependency is on that one source of income and that mm-hmm. one company that, that you forget there's a whole world of people doing all these side hustles and all these different entrepreneurs. The world is so much bigger than that one company you're working for. But a lot of people can't see it. A lot of people can't see it because they're so dependent on sustenance from that one company, from that one employer. But man, if you, if, if you have, just take that first step and see what is available out there. It's pretty awesome. There is this, this that abundant mindset that you're really not in short of cash or opportunity. There really isn't. I was just going to mention the abundance mindset. So it's definitely. amazing. It is awesome. And it's gotten me through many, many challenges and I don't know. Do you, do you feel more positive? Do you feel like your outlook is awesome? <laughs> I don't know how to say it. I know I do. <laughs> yeah. And we can definitely hear it in your voice too, right? Yeah. It's like, there's all these other, there's so many opportunities. There's so many things out there that you can do yeah. to make yeah. money. Um, and it just really opens up your perspective and it's like a whole new world and you don't know what you don't know. Right. So it's exactly. definitely a mindset shift when that happens. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, the, the golden handcuffs metaphor is very true. Um, for listeners who, who found their sense of fulfillment in tech, wonderful. I'm glad that you found your self-actualization in that. 
Um, there is a lot of people in any given industry who don't, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So for those, for those people, just know there's a bigger world out there for you. Mm, yeah, and you're like a very much a shiny example of that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so if we were to kind of look back, um, for you, was there like a specific turning point that made you feel like you were ready or was it the showing up of the opportunity that came? Because I know you mentioned that you quit your job, right? So was the opportunity mm-hmm. like already lined up or did you have a long-term plan? Like what happened behind the scenes? Behind the scenes, um, so I started so like at my agency, I was there for almost exactly six years. And I distinctly remember it was my fourth year there. I call it the beginning of the end because <laughs> that's when my soul searching started. And it just started racking up all these different annoyances around the office until it became things that I vehemently detested. <laughs> and it could have been a person or a project or a client or something. And then it just slowly but surely started eating away at my happiness. I could feel it in my wrists. I could feel it in my back. Migraines were common. Not getting enough sleep were common. Being snappy at people started becoming frequent. That's not me. That's not who I am. But I know that's who I am turning into. And I remember my sixth year, I was heading this one project of basically a new division. Stressed out of my mind. But I, and, and weird thing is I'm stressed out of my mind, but I was effective. And I was good at the job. But deep in my heart, in my physiology, I was stressed out. And I was working with this one client who was business-wise, I couldn't stand. Mm. Personally, when I went out uh, had treated her out to dinner, she was a fine person. And so she and I would probably be friends, but working with her, oh, I couldn't stand it. Mm. <laughs> and I think, I think that was that pretty much solidified my last, my, my last project at that point. Because at that time, again, simultaneously, I was also working on an exit strategy. Mm. in the brainstorming stage no less okay so i I definitely didn't have a particular business plan or anything so it was happening simultaneously closer to the end of that sixth year that was when the opportunity just it literally just came up in my email i didn't have to work for it i didn't have to apply for it and find it it literally the universe just dropped it into my lap and i remember i remember reading that email because i had visions of of, of like you know it would be really cool if i could marry fitness and business into one job. I wonder if that will happen. I was sitting on that vision for a long, long time. And I remember reading that email when it came into my Gmail and it was a management position at a fitness center. And I had to blink a couple times. I'm like, is this real? <laughs> so I applied and, and I got the job and I never looked back. Now, when I tell like my, my previous coworkers, was that one client that you hated? Was she the reason why you left? Like, no, she was not. I, I it was a culmination of all these things and probably the tipping point was just realizing physically I'm headed in a direction that I cannot go anymore. I will not do this to my brain. I will not do this to my soul. I can't do this to my heart anymore. Mm-hmm. I, it has to stop me. I have to stand up for myself. Mm, yeah and there's something so powerful about you doing that exploration and building up everything that you needed right because when you mentioned Mm -hmm. that when the opportunity came that you were ready it wasn't like you had to start from scratch it was like you did all this preparation and like and this thing came and that's how was that was what made it possible yeah absolutely like it's it was oddly seamless, <laughs> and it was coincidental. And if we want to talk about anyone who has studied the law of attraction, I manifested it, and it seriously just appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> so it was an odd phenomenon, also because again, in 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 the previous more more archaic mindset, 
you have to work really hard to get that yep. opportunity and impress someone, that HR manager or that recruiter, that applicant, make sure they fit a certain mold. I don't, <laughs> I don't fit that mold. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and it just, it, it landed right in front of me and I, I, I still get goosebumps mm. when I think about that moment. Yeah, I'm getting goosebumps too. And I've also seen like opportunity, even for my own career change, right? As I was career changing, it definitely felt like, like the more you show up for yourself, um, mm -hmm. the more universe shows up for you too. Yeah. And opportunities that, you know, either happened in the past, um, but you couldn't say yes to because you weren't ready yet. Um, now yeah. it just, it's there and you can finally say yes to it. For example, um, I've always wanted to like, travel abroad and like mentor people and there was this opportunity where i quit and then i it was three weeks we were in malaysia and bali and before i had work you know so obviously even when the opportunity came to me i would have said no but now yeah. because i created that space for myself and i started coaching clients and i was able to do coaching workshops and yeah actually ha make that happen and I've been seeing it in my clients too. Literally one of my clients, she's been thinking about whether to go into research or go into tech consulting. And she joined a co-working space and mm -hmm. we had our coaching call the day after. And she was like, Hey, at this co-working space, I made, I met this person from World Bank and I met these two tech consultants who are doing social change, which is exactly what I want to do. And just like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. You do amazing work. I have to stop right here. You do amazing work and you contribute and you, you're inspiring. I follow you on LinkedIn and your stories and your posts. I'm like, oh, you, you get me all, all excited. Like I could do this too. <laughs> oh, thank so thank you. I find you inspiring. And in the space that we share, it's, it, mm -hmm. it's amazing when we start creating for ourselves yeah. and our whole space, it just becomes infectious and opportunities end up appearing for other people mm -hmm. it just starts spreading so mm -hmm. i know there's a saying that misery loves company and it's really easy if you start complaining to find someone to complain with mm -hmm. um i personally i had to leave that lifestyle behind a, a, a while ago and i've been surrounding myself with a lot of inspiring people like yourself positive people like yourself and people who make contributions in this world that too becomes um uh viral also yeah. So that way of being ends up being in other people and I just love it. Yeah. yeah, I would say coaching is probably one of the greatest professions in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually someone who just got into law of attraction. Um, I thought it was kind of like woo-woo and I just didn't believe it before. So for anyone who's listening, who's like not into or you know haven't really like learned about law of attraction and they were thinking like wow Nelson you just got really lucky like this email just landed in your lap like mm -hmm. how can I expect that to happen for me because I know this is probably a question I would have had <laughs> in the yeah. past um what what would you say to that depending on your mindset yeah you can see that that is lucky yeah I'll, I'll, I'll take that if you want to call it lucky yeah great if you want to call it that I work for it great mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how to interpret the incidences that happened to me and i can tell you how to interpret the world that is around you because that's contingent on your mindset mm. my mindset it it manifested itself because i was doing all of these things exploring taking significance out believing what my future could look like believing and having that vision for myself this is what life events started uh coming into uh, uh, fruition for me um, so it really does depend on your mindset. And I don't want to diminish anyone's mindset wherever they at in life because it is where you need to be at this given moment. Mm. I know for me, I had that mindset also that I had to work really, 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 really hard in order to be successful. And I also had the stereotype of what success ought to look like, especially when it's reinforced here in Silicon Valley that success mm. 
has to be within these uh, confinements of one of the biggest employers, that it gets pretty hard. But again, going that introspective um, uh, uh, positioning and looking within yourself, you start looking at, wow, what is my mindset? You actually start de- separating your mindset from the mindset from within and start looking at yourself more objectively. Um, so again, I can't tell you if your interpretation of my events is going to be luck because that's your mindset that's speaking. And probably that's not a reflection of you as a person. Mm, yeah. So powerful. Yeah, and it just reminds me of this quote. I mean, definitely you've worked for it, right? And it just reminds yeah. me of this quote that like, luck is what happens when opportunity meets preparation. So. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> that is a beautiful. That's thing. my mindset, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's helpful and it's productive and it's happy. I could tell you that there was one mindset that I had. There was one uh, way of being that I had in the past that didn't produce great results and then there's me now mm. <laughs> can only be living proof mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and now let's talk a little bit more about you as someone with an asian background okay yeah. and a lot of common questions that um listeners tend to have is kind of like what sacrifices if any you had to make because of your background your environment as mm-hmm. an Asian, and maybe you will interpret it as sacrifices, especially as you change careers from, you know, tech, which is really, like, esteemed into fitness, which is not a field that, you know, Asians tend to dominate, so. Absolutely. One thing that will still, okay, so I'm only human, but one thing when I'm talking to my parents that will still aggravate me, to be mm-hmm. honest, is they don't understand what I do. oh my god it's so annoying so they understood me as working in the tech company that i had a job and this is my employer and even then they didn't understand what search engine optimization was they just knew they valued being a boss in their stereotypical view of what a boss is i was middle management at best and i was managing about in between 20 to 30 people at any given moment and they all reported to me that was pretty much it right so from a parent's perspective, that was the view of success, and I was earning a lot of money. Everything was status, right? So when I took that leap of faith and I switched careers altogether, now I'm a personal trainer, I'm a group fitness instructor, I'm a program manager, I'm also an entrepreneur, I'm also an investor, I do this and that, and all of the above. They asked me, so everything even now, what do you do? And do you manage people? And how much do you earn? And like, where do you work? So you're not working for this person or this you're working for yourself and question after question after question. And it gets pretty challenging because I'm first born here. So mm-hmm. I understand when my parents in the Philippines, their whole mindset is going to be of the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And it's going to, they're going to have this view of success um, that's still coined from the Philippines. Now, I'm more independent. I have an Asian American mindset. So it's not uncommon to be a hustler. It is not uncommon to have all these different side hustles and multiple jobs and sources of income. And... When I talk to people who are Asian American and they have multiple jobs and multiple sources of income, yeah, it makes sense to me. It makes sense to me that I could put you in this category that like you are also a contractor or you design websites, you're a designer, you're a DJ, you're a cook, you, you do all you do all of these things. And I don't question it. And sometimes, Asian listeners, you know, sometimes we feel like we're being looked down upon <laughs> and disapproved. So even now, that could be a challenge. And again, it's just one of those, I have to categorize my parents when we talk about that topic. I have to categorize them as they're the, um, not the haters, but they're the concerned, the critical type of people in my life that they love me. They want the best for me. They want their old version of stability. but. I have to keep remembering they're not me. I am, I am me. 
I have my own individual voice. I have my own stance in the world, and I'm doing fine. Yeah, <laughs> so it's all right. Yeah. So um, the dichotomy between Asian parents and an Asian American son it does not go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just got you just get you get better at answering which questions, and you get better at answering with very short sentences. So were they? Do they know? about like your career change when that was happening. Um, and yeah, kind of like what, what were their reactions during it? Cause I think the listeners now, that's something that they feel fearful of and it's like mm-hmm. a mystery kind of to them. So can you talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that and how are you able to navigate it? During the three years that I was soul searching, I wasn't, I wasn't opening up to them. I was not confining in them because I just knew that it would either, it would either one, break their hearts that I'm leaving a really good employer Two, it would either scare them to bits. They're like, oh my God, you're going to lose your insurance. What about your medical? What's going to happen? Yeah, what's going to happen to your 401k? Can you roll it over? Do you have an IRA? All these questions and questions. I, I would think that I, <laughs> they would ask all of these questions before they even say like, how are you? Mm-hmm. Or inside, are you happy? And we would never talk about the promotions. It's always going to be their status or money or something like that. Um, so I knew going into it, don't tell them anything <laughs> just ask for forgiveness later and you just kind of have to bite the bullet on this one and it no matter how much wrath that they give you you're just going to need to deal with it and then it's going to subside they may or may not ever understand what you're doing they may not even ever under be able to explain it to their friends they may right. not even be able to brag about you yeah um but it, again it, it just trains you to be unwavering and who you just view it as that. So you may not even get the traditional support that you need from your loved ones. That's okay. You will be okay. You are stronger and you will stand on your own and you will find your tribe. They may or may not be blood relatives, but you will find the support um, if you don't have them already. Reach out to me. I will be your support. I will help you along the way. (laughs) And how did you find your tribe? How did you find, who are these supporters that you had? Man, even now, and I write in my journal, and I have to write every single day that I am thankful for my dear friends. I got, I got, I have great friends from high school. I have great friends from college, and just from life that they're. I would say most of them are Asian American born. Now that I think about it, um, who understand, who guide me, and who see me in my darkest times, and they know who I am when I'm at my unhappiest, and they love me unconditionally. And all of them said, "You have to take the jump. We got you." Oh. Um, so I've been blessed with some of the most amazing friends if any of my friends are listening to this i love you guys you guys you guys have <laughs> held my hands you guys have picked me up um and then i started with that an interesting tribe is my co-workers from that marketing agency we were oh. collectively unhappy so oh. <laughs> yeah it was it was one of those work environments where we all kind of have the same enemies <laughs> so we all end up getting close together Listeners, if you work in one of those environments where your your coworkers are your besties, hang on to those people for life. Oh my gosh, they will know everything about you. Um, so we ended up being a tribe on our own. And once people have left the company, we still keep in touch. And we do nothing but support each other, check in with how each other is doing. Because we related to each other at the human level. We understand what it's like to struggle. And that level of compassion, when you find it in people, you don't let them go. And mm-hmm. they definitely don't let go of you either. So over the years, uh, I've been blessed to find compassionate human. And yeah, I make an active effort not to let them go. Yeah, support is 
so, so important. I can definitely point into like different turning points in my life where a mentor has said something or a conversation and that just totally changed my trajectory. Like the mentor, when I graduated college, who I was trying to pick between um, working at a bigger company that was more stable or like yeah. at an internship at this small startup, but it wasn't social impact and it was an education. Yeah. And just from that conversation that really, I think deep down I knew what I wanted to do. Right. I think deep down we all do, but sometimes we just need that yeah. extra encouragement. And, yeah. And yeah. And like taking that little startup or when I first quit my job, I actually didn't have anything lined up. So I was co-working with a friend. I would right. Caltrain down from SF to Palo Alto and just co-work with him for a couple of weeks during the first month. And that helped so much. And yeah. Is, even if it's not a tribe, you know, even if it's just like one person, I think really finding that um, support, whether it's like a coach, yeah. mentor, accountability yeah. friend is so, so crucial for that, especially if you're taking that leap. Absolutely. I've also, adding on to that, uh, when you mentioned it was just one person or even like a person passing by, you know yourself, you're going to put yourself out there and just just share with the world what you're even thinking about doing mm. or something that really speaks to you. It's almost not like a magnet. Yeah. Like people generally want to help each other. Mm-hmm. Like and, and, and the people who are going to help you naturally show up in your life. I know for me, when I started telling people within the business, it's like, yeah, I'm thinking about making a career change. More often than not, people are like, hey, you got to do the certification. Call me up, hit me up, email me, wow. let me help you out and stuff like that. Like one sentence to a stranger, people generally want to help you. Again, if you're sharing from the heart and you're authentic with people, it's like a magnet. People can't yeah. help but to reach out to you and offer assistance. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. how opportunities comes to you too, right? That's how yeah. you like, attract opportunity. I remember the first writing client that I get got. Um, so during the first year after I quit my job, I did like part-time coaching and part-time writing. And yeah. yeah, like literally the first writing client I got, it was, I was talking to like an old college friend. He was working at this incubator and this incubator had this social impact company that was super small and we yeah. connected and I, that was my first writing client and just after two months after quitting and yeah, it was scary to like tell people and ask, but it, mm-hmm. it it's so powerful. And then one thing leads to another, leads to another, because mm-hmm. you're constantly sharing, not bragging, not saying, like, again, sometimes I feel like resume writing can be a little humble bragging and straight up lying. <laughs> uh, but if you're, if you're authentically sharing who you are, what you stand for, and the contribution that you want to make to the person that you're talking to or to the world, things just naturally gravitate towards you. You can't help it. Just that's the way energy works. Just mm-hmm. does. <laughs> Yeah. And last question on, um, as we're talking about this Asian background. So I know one of the common myths is that it's better to have a job where it's more intellectual because, you know, your brain is forever. Whereas with your body, it might like deteriorate over time or something Mm -hmm. like that. I think I've heard my my friends talk about this. (laughs) I'm curious for you, like, um, what are your thoughts around it? Oh, we talk about the intellect. So my parents knew that I had my MBA. So they, they were like, so your degree in accounting and finance and mm. marketing and entrepreneurship and all of this stuff, you're going to be a personal trainer. You're just going to throw away your MBA. Mm. Like, no, not that. It's, I just, I don't want to be that typical vice president or controller within a company. I don't want to go that path. So again, it's keeping their mindset. They were limited into what an MBA, an MBA graduate does. Mm. To them, they go up that corporate ladder until they eventually become president and, and it's very linear. 
I said, sure. well, no, it's still, my career path is still intellectual. And to be honest, almost every career path is going to be in some capacity. It has to require some type of intellect. There's mm-hmm. so many different ways of learning, <laughs> so many different forms of expression. Um, and especially if you're going to be uh, operating on your own as a self-employed person, you're going to be forced to develop intellectually in terms of money. I mean, it just happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, to be honest, it's probably an argument that I'm still losing <laughs> with my parents to this day because they still think that I should be a president of a company. They still have that. You're CEO. Yeah, I am a CEO. So now I had to explain, oh my gosh, you bring up a good point. So I had to say that like, if I'm, op- I'm operating as a self-employed person, but I have my own LLC, I am the CEO of an LLC. And that's when they CEO. Okay, I know what that means. I'm still using my degree. It's just not in the way that you think should be used Mm, that's a really great point that you know i think oftentimes we think that when we change completely different careers we're like losing and wasting all of our education from before but that's not the case in terms of like that your mba really helped you bridge the gap into your first fitness management role and now you're using it to start your business and it's really about using it in a different way like before I really disliked marketing. So I was also in marketing (laughs) and I just disliked the nitty gritty and all the optimization. And I was, Mm -hmm. I vowed to myself like, okay, I'm never going to do marketing again. Um, And I did, you know, go into writing and coaching, which is kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum, but now I'm really grateful for my marketing background and being able Mm -hmm. to message myself and create content. And I'm almost, yeah, I'm thankful for it. And I realized that it was because the environment that I was in that I didn't like it, not necessarily the thing in itself and that you don't have to completely just ignore it or like table it away. Absolutely. Two things in that I saw, I'm a, when I was at USF, technically I graduated with a journalism degree. So my media studies degree was in journalism. I never became a reporter. (laughs) You've never seen me on TV, but look (laughs) at me now. I wrote a book. (laughs) So all the writing skills that, that came, that laid, dormant for a long time suddenly came all back right and the second thing i wanted to say is um when you mentioned you look back you have to give thanks absolutely oh my gosh the power of gratitude the power of looking back and reflecting and saying thank you for all of the challenges that you've been through all of the people you've met every single person even if you thought they were just simple passerby that had no significance to you they taught you something though someone one person who's offered their lending hand or or let you borrow some money or something like that and said don't pay don't pay them back or something something small always to something big everyone and everything no matter what type of context you put has taught you something to get you where you are you have to give thanks you're strong beautiful amazing inspiring person and to the reader or, or to the listener i can't see you but also give thanks to your past it is it brought you here and brighter future for you wow you really inspired me to like do a gratitude some yeah. gratitude journey after this especially for the challenges that i've had so this was a conversation i actually had with my coach just yesterday i was I was telling him about, um, so we're talking about inner well-being, which is this like thing that is innate in you. And I was trying, I was trying to grasp, you know, like if I have an inner innate inner well-being, then why isn't life easy? Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then he brought up a really great point, you know, because I was talking about, well, there's going to be these challenges, and he was like, you can also think of the challenges as opportunities, and these mm-hmm. things don't happen to you. 
these challenges slash opportunities are happening for you and mm -hmm. obstacle is a way it's going to be the thing that makes you stronger so yeah it this just goes really well with the conversation i had yesterday and i thought that was so insightful absolutely can i share something personal yeah all right so this is the i was a homeowner um and i purchased my condo uh, I can't remember, I want to say 2005 or something, with the assistance and everyone at the time was purchasing property because we all had these great rates. Mm -hmm. I unfortunately, but um, not surprisingly, became one of the many millions of Americans who fell out of the uh, real estate bubble. Oh. So I lost my condo um, and I went through financial hardship at that time. And it was pretty traumatic. Um, I had to go to all of these classes and at the time I also lost my job. And um, for any of you listeners who went through that uh, as well or even experienced any type of financial hardship, as traumatic as that I understand <laughs> and um, the more that I went to you know the, the met up with my lawyer and see what was going on she had to hold my hand and mm -hmm. I remember I was so emotional and she says you know you're one of like million literally millions of Americans you feel like you're alone and you're mm -hmm. and out of that challenge and it took me a long time to get me back my people I did I'm still alive right now mm -hmm. But it gave me the inspiration to write a book because the journalism part, it became a book about business and money. And here's the inspiration. And my goal is to assist and help as many people become financially literate. So when I look back upon what inspired me to give this contribution to the world, it really was because of that challenge. I couldn't find my voice and I couldn't know who I am without all the people who supported me without that traumatic incident um, that humbled me, that gave me a big reality check. And again, looking back upon it, I give thanks to that. It made me so strong and it made me so unwavering and positive and gave me clarity and meaning of what I'm actually supposed to do in this world. I am supposed to give back. I am supposed to educate and help as many people as I can. So yeah, it sucked at the moment, but I mean, I literally am at the light at the end of the tunnel and mm -hmm. my future is super bright. Listeners, give thanks to, to hardship. It's, it will, I promise you, it will make you stronger. Mm, that's so important especially the hardships and the confusions and the overwhelm that they are yeah. going through now it's one day they're going to look back and they're going to be like that really helped me get to where i am today yeah yeah it's it it's things at the moment but like any bug bite it goes away <laughs> so <laughs> and then, like you're going to be fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah and thank you so much for sharing that personal story so one of my questions for you was going to be, you know, I know you started out doing um, personal training and how, and now you're focused more on um, teaching personal trainers how money works. So can you talk yes. a little bit more about your book and like what inspires you to write it, what inspires you to focus more on this area? Absolutely. So uh, those listeners got a, a little taste of um, my financial hardship and also my career choice and, and the abundance mindset that there's so many different ways to generate income. When I made the segue into fitness, and I mean, to be honest, when I was within my first year, it was quite a struggle to try to get my feet back on the ground and earn anywhere near the amount of income that I was earning in tech. Um, but the more that I studied, I started learning all the different sources of income, and there's four different ways that you could handle your career. You could be a business owner, you could be an investor, you could be self-employed or employee. And so understanding all the different pros and cons and the taxes and everything, it, the world started making sense. Now, in the everyday workings of the personal trainer, the older that I got, the new personal trainers become younger. <laughs> so again, they were entering the industry in about like 20, 25, and I was getting older and I saw them running around, hustling. And these are, these are young trainers who are 
super talented and kind and generous with their time and true inspirations in their own right. Um, but then I saw the dark side and the dark side behind the scenes of their smiling faces and their energy, they were exhausted. Mm. They are tired. And living in Silicon Valley, everyone knows that it is a very expensive area. So in order for them, and I could tell them where their mindset was because their conversations that we had in order to make it in this industry or even in this area of finance or teaching more classes, basically all variations of you have to more. But they're already tired. And personal trainers in between client sessions, especially if they're client cancels, it's not uncommon to take a nap in your car or on the couch or even in the massage room because no one's gonna there's no massages scheduled. But they're always like the first one into the gym and they still have student loan debt. They still earn significantly lower than tech. Um, and I just felt bad. <laughs> I mean, I just, they're so, so tired. But then when I started thinking that nothing really happens with sympathy, there's no difference I can make with that, with being sympathetic. So as again, I was in this other state of soul searching. I was like, what else can I do? I, I, I know in my heart, I'm more than just a personal trainer. I have all of this knowledge. Why don't I just start putting it down? Mm. So I started writing it, going through a couple of drafts and the book came into fruition. And I said, I, if I could go back, if I had kids or if I was mentoring someone in this capacity, what are the words I would say? What are the concepts I would say? So this is where I spent this entire year putting everything into uh, perspective and formulating the book with my goal of helping any new personal trainers, but really anyone who's younger than me, mm. understand how to design a lucrative career path for you. No one's going to tell you. You can always find a job. There's always going to be, for the most part, you know how to do that. Because <laughs> there's so much information. You've done it before too. Yeah, you've done it before. Everyone talks about it ad nauseum. But don't forget, you can always be self-employed. You can always be a coach on your own and, and put your own stamp in the industry. You can always own a business and employ other people. You can always invest into other companies and work passively. There's so many different ways that I'm not sure if that abundance mindset is actually taught to you. Actually, I'm pretty sure because you guys are hustling and you think there's only one way to generate income, mm -hmm. which really there isn't. So this is where my book came into play. It's like, I don't want you to be exhausted anymore. I don't want you to be running around and thinking, this is, this is your life and this is what your life is going to be like for the rest of your career, all mm -hmm. remaining 40, 50 years of your career. No, <laughs> you, 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 are, you are bigger than this. You could be your own brand. Someone yeah. just needs to show you that of all the different possibilities out there. And you know what? When I, more I started researching and what resources are available within my industry, a lot of it will train on the sciences. It will train sales and marketing, which is one aspect about business, but it doesn't, there's not a lot of resources um, that empower or inspire you in all the different ways to generate income and all the implications about that, pros and cons. So I wanted to take this viewpoint and when writing my book, I can't tell you what to do. I can't tell you, you should open a gym or you need to sell a small group. I can't design the career path for you because it's you. <laughs> I mean, it's, but what I will tell you is um, here's what your options are. Here's what some people say are pros and here's what some people say are cons. You're gonna weigh out, um, see what really speaks to you. Um, and this is how you design something that really inspires you and gets you up in the morning. Um, but I'll, I'll coach you on the actual structure on, on, on career as well as finances. And I'll support you along the way. Most importantly, I explain two topics that other people would otherwise find really, really boring, accounting and finance. 
Um, That's where the degrees coming in too. That's where the degrees come in. And I position myself that I'm bilingual. So I understand business, the language of business. Mm -hmm. I understand the language of fitness. They are two different mindsets, two different schools of thought. Um, but I can translate accounting and finance terms into fitness terms so that and you comprehend the uh, logic behind it. So I explain, you know, cash flows in terms of it's like when you food, cash will go into you and then cash will go out of you. <laughs> you kind of oh, have to know things like that. And I get a little bit more in detail um, because what was important to me is that you don't have to remember the words, but you have to yeah. understand how money functions so that you can see every option available to you there's a lucrative opportunity for you it's mm -hmm. a lot you can do a lot with your degrees so what's your metaphor for taxes for taxes it it's a still thing confuses that, me <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a thing that you still have to deal with kind of like if you are um you know when you're going through life and, and you feel fatigued it's just like one of those things that you have to deal and you have to manage mm -hmm. now um depending on who you are and your strategy around it you have to take into consideration that is a liability or an obligation that you have to pay but you can totally manage it as well so if you were to be a business i'm going to give you a little insight into the book if you're an employee or self-employed your overall federal tax bracket could be anywhere between 20 to 40 percent that is a lot of your annual income being yep. taken away just to pay to the government right now here's a trick if you were to set up yourself as a business owner and if you were to even hire one person, you are able to accumulate all those deductions that run your business and you qualify for more deductions as a business owner, let's say a corporation, rather than just being self-employed. And now you're dropping your, ta uh, uh, your tax bracket 10, 15%, you know, you can save a whole lot of money. And at the same time, still use all the stuff that you've been needing to run your own business or your own life <laughs> those are already tax deductions so any investments mm -hmm. that you make into your computer uh travel trainers your certifications mm -hmm. your mileage you can deduct all of that um and more so so if you were to hire someone and let's say provide them medical insurance or something that medical that your employees medical insurance is your tax write-off so it is a way to manipulate for example in personal training you do have to deal with fatigue. You have to deal with hunger. You have to deal with sweat. You have to go through all of these ancillary emotions and things and considerations. Taxes are just one of them. When you're running your own business, it's just a thing, right? Mm -hmm. But you know when it's gonna happen. You know under what conditions you can control it and you can um, develop overall strategies to manage it. It really ought not to be something to be afraid of. You just kind of accept it as this is what you have to deal with mm -hmm. when you are in that role of a business owner or entrepreneur. Wow, that's really, really awesome. And it sounds like you've really packed a lot of wisdom and easy to understand metaphors into the book. Good, good. I mean, my whole goal is to make these topics approachable. We can talk about it without like any fear. It's like, oh my God, I'm so broke. How am I going to make pay my bills and my student loans and stuff? I got you. <laughs> I will explain it. It's, you are in a safe space. I will explain it. I love that. I think I need to get the, get the book too. I, I mean, I'm not in fitness, but I really like the way you explain things. Yeah. I got some uh, really positive feedback um, with people outside of the industry also mm -hmm. is that even mm. they're, they're not in, in the industry. I was just talking to a class. Um, there is a psychotherapist. She says, in my industry, a lot of people end up having their own practices. Mm -hmm. So, of course, they're going to be small business owners or, or self-employed. And a lot of us didn't understand any of this. Yeah. Um, so she said that even in her industry, a lot of the topics would, uh, one, they're 
pretty well explained in the book, but also it's applicable to any industry where you have the opportunity to be self-employed or a business owner or investor, actually anybody, can be mm. an investor, anybody. I will explain stocks and your wow. 401k. Oh <laughs> and <gosh>. your retirement. So. <laughs> I okay. love that. Yeah. And I actually saw one of the reviews that was written for a book and it was like real world financial ed- education. They do not teach you in school. And mm-hmm. I thought that was so, so good. Yeah. I, I think it is this one topic that we unfortunately unanimously uh, do not receive, uh, especially when we're in college and we're just making our way into the real world, into the working world where you're suddenly a graduate, you leave the confinements, that laboratory that is college, mm-hmm. and then you're suddenly working. No one explains what taxes or FICA is. No one, no one explained how to fill a W-2 or an I-9. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. yeah you just, like, thrown into the deep end, especially right. when you start your own business. So oh, many. my gosh, yeah. <laughs> no, when you start your own business, no one explains to you the difference between C-Corp, S-Corp, LLC. Yeah. No one explains to you the legal and asset protection. It's, mm-hmm. it's super confusing. So mm. um, any other resources, uh, and I want to make it clear to, if you are in the fitness industry, there's so many resources available. I want to but supplement this because there is something missing in everybody's education. You can never have enough education. You just can't. <laughs> yeah, lifelong learning. I love that. Yeah. And I love to get like one piece of financial advice from you for you know people who are in tech and they're used to like a higher salary, maybe spending more and they're kind of, you know, thinking about a career change that might not give them as much money. And so how should they kind of prepare for it or at least feel a little bit more comfortable with the thoughts instead of feeling like they don't know what to do and not knowing where to start? Just pick up any, any, any book on anything that will um, just sparks your interest. I have a lot of hobbies. I have a lot of interests. Um, I know for me, the genre that I love is autobiographies and biographies and memoirs. And so if I listen to people's story, um, I just got inspired. I'm like, you know, I have my own story. If you work in tech or if you work in any given industry and you're hesitant about making the leap, just start somewhere and listen to someone's story um, mm-hmm. of how they got there. Not even what they got there, but start training your mind to look beyond your own respective industry and start training your eyes to see there's a bigger world out there. So if you have, I'm going to pick up something random. So if you're working tech and you want, you really like food, you're always posting food on social media and you know, you think you have a good recipe. And what if you want to, you know, sell, sell a cookbook or, or become a caterer or something? Why don't you pick up a book? There's no risk if you start listening to other people's for inspiration. Mm. Slowly things will start building up and your curiosity will maybe get the better of you and you do take that leap. So for people yeah. who are more worried about the financial stability. Mm-hmm. That, start working on a, an actual plan. When you start, I mean, sit down, look at your bills, look at your... Per- Develop a personal network statement. <laughs> That's the first word, first and foremost. Look at that template because that will give you an objective view of where you are financially, where you were, and how you're going to get there eventually. And without the risk of losing it all and you still have to support your, your spouse and your family and your kids and all your, um, your bills and everything, get an actual objective relationship with the numbers where you are. Single financial statement that I have, bank statement. And get real with the numbers. There is no emotions in this. This is now your career. This is now who you are. And you're t- going to take your 
even entertaining the idea of pursuing your passion, especially anyone out there who is really passionate about their passion, mm. you're not wavering. You are pretty objective that this is what you're going to do and it's going to happen. You almost become, yes. you're not really strong, but you are, you are serious. Take a look at the numbers and um, start working out a timeline. Um, and again, take it as um, these is plan A and plan mm -hmm. A will eventually evolve into plan B. You're not making a commitment or anything, but you are in the brainstorming stage. That should start giving you more concrete relationship with money. And if you were to leave this one source, what are the other sources that can generate equal or even more sources of income? That's really good. And I just got into more of the money mindset this year and it has been super, super transformative. And I know for a lot of listeners, they're prob probably similar to me where they, you know, like generally know what they're doing and spending each month, but they haven't like looked at the actual statements. Like you said, being really objective with it, right? Cause mm -hmm. that can be hard to look at all these yeah. numbers and it can be a confrontation. And I think oftentimes yeah. we say like, we need financial stability, but we don't actually know what that means or like how much mm -hmm. we need. And mm -hmm. I remember a friend challenging me with this exercise. I was like, you know, I want to like save enough money to buy a house eventually. And then, but I didn't really quantify like, okay, where does the house need to be? Is it like, mm -hmm. which state? Cause that's a huge difference, right? right, um, right. In terms of how much it is. And yeah. also like, so what's the minimal amount I need to save to like buy that in 10, 15 years or whatever. And then when I actually broke it down, it became a lot simpler. It, it just felt right. like yeah, the overwhelm just vanished. And I'm like, wow, I can do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And things become clearer. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what, and that's what a lot of people fear is that they're scared of the unknown. Well, to make it known, you're going to have to look at it and write it down yeah. <laughs> and look at the statements. Okay, there, simply put. Then once it's known, it's not so confrontational. I, I had a coach who gave you this advice. Look at everything you do as a game. Don't mm -hmm. make it significant. You're going to be looking at financial statements. You're going to be working in your career. You're going to be working in your, you're going to be designing your career. Design, and yes. it has to be, that you're designing career to you, not what the job application wants you to be. You are designing your own career, but view it as a game. Take the significance out. If you make a mistake, make a mistake, but try again. The game's not over. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I guess the listeners will know what they're going to be doing after this, listening to this podcast episode. Yeah, I would love to hear it too. I hope, I hope our conversation has made a difference with the listeners. And um, The world is so abundant. Out there. Yeah. No matter who you are, no matter what industry, there's no shortage of positive people. There's no shortage of money. There's no shortage of mm. creativity. Hey, reach out to us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be some of your first supporters and cheerleaders. And yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Listeners, let us know. And I was just reading about this concept earlier today, actually, about how, about abundance, right? And how apparently there's like a circulation of money, of 80 million or something in the world mm -hmm. right now. And there's only one of us. And it was talking about how, like, when we think things are scarce, we think it's more valuable. And so oftentimes we think money is really scarce. So we have to work really hard to get it. But yeah. when you take out, take a um, outer perspective, it's like, well, there's so much money circulating. So that's really abundant. And the only scarce thing is you, which means that you are really, really valuable. So yes. that was such an amazing so, way of looking at it. I love that. There really is only one you and there's only one me. Yeah. I mean, like, Logically, yeah. yeah, it really, there really is only one. It makes us special. It makes us yeah. valuable, and we're especially valuable to the people who love us. They know there's only one of us. So mm. I love that perspective. Thank <laughs> you. Well, the book is called Super Coach. If you want to look into it, absolutely. <laughs> and for you, what would you say is the one thing that's helped you the most? 
in navigating your change as well as the one like book resource that you would recommend? Mm, oh my gosh. Robert Kiyosaki was a great author. I think he changed the trajectory um, of my whole outlook on money. I would probably have to say contribute that. The cash flow quadrant really did a good job at explaining anybody in the middle of the industry how money actually works. Money stresses us out. Money can make or break relationships. And there's this whole stereotype about this where we feel victim to it. Mm-hmm. And we forget the, humani- the humanizing of um, what it stands for. Money actually gives us opportunity. It gives us yeah. options. But money in itself, that piece of paper or that coin or even that number on your computer and monitor, it is nothing but something that, that cannot be manipulated or changed. It's just a thing. It's benign. It's benign. Mm-hmm. But the energy that we put around it <laughs> is, is what defines us. It could either bring us together, it could make us happy, it could make us sad, or it could tear us apart. Oh, oh, two other books. Can I say two two more? Yeah, abundance like that. Yes, there is Joe Vitale. Joe Vitale, his books. He's in the Law of Attraction realm. And I want to say, I can't remember the title of it. It's the Law of Attraction to Money or Attracting Money or something like that. Mm. Um, He does a good job at just manifesting um, cash. (laughs) It just happens. It's amazing. Again, all these are applicable to Mm. the human aspect of it and changing your mindset and your attachment to the money. And probably, I totally forgot my girl, if you look her up, Jen Sincero. She is the author of You're a Badass at Making Money. Oh my gosh, I just read that book earlier this year. That was the book that changed my money mindset. It was so good. It was so good. So good. So good. Oh my gosh. And she she's like a home girl. She's just like someone you would just go get brunch with and oh she explains it. I love her so much and she resonated with me obviously because of the language she uses and she's just chill and relaxed and she's mm-hmm. relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Listeners, check her out. You will yes. you will fall in love with her. She's awesome. Highly, highly recommend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That was so much fun. And lastly, um, what parting like one piece of concrete advice do you have for those who are like listening right now and they're thinking about whether they should go for that less traditional career? Do it. I don't know how to say it. You got to do it. <laughs> if it's been on your mind, and especially mm-hmm. look at the time, if it's been on your mind for a while, it's the universe, it's people, it's you, it's your heart, it's your soul. You know in your heart you got to do it. Mm. So you got to listen to it. You only, again, there's only one you. You're only living one life. You have the opportunity in front of you. Take it. You've got to be great. So good. And where can we find you for your advice or your tips? Come see me at www.coachnellytoriano.com. My email is available on there. It's info at coachnellytoriano.com. My book uh, for the Fit Up Four Personal Trainer, A Guide on How to Train Money, Not not Muscle to Grow, is available on Amazon. And also find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Awesome. It sounds like you are all around social media like a social media influencer should be oh, awesome <laughs> i've been trying to get this down i've been reading up i'm like man i have to figure out how to get on tiktok now so. and I love that you're constantly learning experimenting with new things you know trying out and focusing on different areas because yeah. really the learning like doesn't stop like yes we may have found the space that we love to work mm-hmm. in but it's still a lot of experimentation and really you know discovering what else is there and how can we add it to our portfolio careers 
Absolutely. And have fun doing it. Mm -hmm. I think there's no significance in this. We're all in this together. We're all trying to figure out TikTok together. Okay. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, Nell. Sun, thank you so much for coming on. This was yes. so, so much fun. I had so many laughs with you and just, it was so great nerding out with you about, you know, the abundance mindset, making that Good. transition, Good. fitness, and yes. just really trusting in ourselves. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for allowing me to spend time with your listeners. Yeah, it's been it's been great. Thank you. If you can think of one person in particular who would find today's message really helpful on their career change journey, please, please share this episode with them. It can make a huge difference. And as a big thank you for being here, one of the most common questions that I get is, how do I get unstuck? And so I put together a free guide that you can use to help you break out of the rut and start taking steps towards a career you love through a Get Unstuck side project. You can get that guide for free over at onemonthprojects.com slash get unstuck. Enjoy and see you next week.